if I were to give like a cheat sheet to like how to have a sustainable, long-term, passionate relationship, it would be beautiful for you to connect to all these different archetypes because then essentially you're so many women in the package of one. Men will speak to you as like the desire to always change it up, right? Erotically, like they want different energies, they want different flavors. And so if you can be all the flavors, then there isn't as much of a need to look outward. Hi, everyone, and welcome to The Deeper Podcast, a podcast for all of you who want more, more out of yourself, your relationships, your intimacy, and life. My name is Sofia Zafina, and I'm here to bring you deeper. I'm a sex, life, and relating coach, and I'm fascinated by all things masculine and feminine and bringing the two back together, helping people connect on a deep and real level so we can show up for each other, partner with each other in our healing, and call each other back into our power. A very important part of that for me is honoring both sides, the masculine and the feminine, creating more understanding, more compassion and respect for each unique experience. And so in this series, I'm speaking specifically to men to honor them, to hear their perspective and how they go through relating the feminine life. Because so often we have demonized and devalued men in their experiences, needs and struggles. And I want to change that. So I hereby welcome you to my Deeper Into Him podcast series. And before we get started for all these conversations, I want to give a bit of a disclaimer because I realize that this conversation about men and women, masculine and feminine, can sound both heteronormative and gendered. Bear with me. Masculine feminine dynamics play it out in every relationship. So when we speak about men towards women, I hope you can hear it as being the partner who's more in their masculine and the partner who's more in their feminine. And this very often has little to do with gender. In addition to that, I do want to acknowledge that men and women have completely different societal expectations in the world. And because of that, different lenses. For instance, we tell men they should man up and women they should smile more. In that sense, some of this might be gendered, but I hope for people outside of that binary perspective that they might still feel some truth in any of these stories. Hi, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the Deeper Podcast with Sophie Josephina. I am so excited about today because today is the first time that I am interviewing a woman. Um, today, I am joined by my friend Nadia Muma, and she is, and I hope I'm saying so correctly, an embodiment and intimacy coach, and she helps visionaries reach the embodied expression in their love and in their leadership. So Nadia, welcome, welcome, welcome. <laughs> so good to be here. I'm so happy you're here. It's truly like, I told you this in our audio messages as well, that I was, I was like, it's time. I really want to, I want to speak to a, to another mm-hmm. sister on the podcast, like, who should that be? And I was like standing in the shower and I was like, that should be Nadia. <laughs> I came to you through water. (laughs) I'm a water sign, so it makes sense. There we go. (laughs) (laughs) So just as a brief introduction, maybe like for people who don't know who you are, like maybe what's your story or what have you been building in the world? Because I know you're doing some really cool things and there's some Mm. beautiful things being birthed through you. Yeah. Thanks for asking. Yeah. So um, basically the work that I do is about um, dropping people into their bodies so that we can ultimately get more and more connected to God. 
Mm. and therefore really get our shit together. I never introduce it this way, but it feels like it's coming out this way today so that we really can get our shit together on this planet because things are not going very well in case anyone hasn't noticed. (laughs) (laughs) And I I think that the body is um, so key and is the portal in because through reconnecting with our body after years of being so disconnected, we are reconnecting with the bigger body, which is mama earth, right? And so why have we been so like, there's this like entitlement, right? Around the way that we operate as humans on this planet and with other animals and um, just with our entire ecosystem. And it's because there's this feeling of separation. And so on the deepest, deepest level, like really when we go macro, the work that I'm doing here is to help save our planet and our species through the work of dropping into our bodies so that we can connect to ourselves and therefore connect to the ecosystem around us. Now on a personal level, I, of course, just want to upgrade your life, right? So the more you are connected to yourself, the more you start to feel divinity coursing through your veins, Mm. like life is just going to be better. You know, life is never going to be rainbows and sunshine all the time. I'm sure we're going to go into like, I feel like you and I are both like, we love the dark. And so how do we navigate still feeling alive and turned on even in the darkness, in the light, throughout the entire spectrum that we go through. And so what clients will often tell me after our work together is I feel more alive. And that's really what I'm trying to get everyone to, because the more we feel alive, the more we're going to have a sense of sacredness in the relationship we have with everything else that's alive around us. But right now we just sort of are extracting right? Which is a whole nother thing that I'm not going to get into right now, but (laughs) that's essentially what I do. (laughs) Yeah. I love that. I love that whole, like actually bringing people back into connection with God again through their body. I know when I started my spiritual journey and this like 10 years ago, and it was all about mindfulness and meditation. And it just like drove me nuts because I want to be in the body. And it felt so like, a mind thing of like, I'm not my emotions. I'm not my emotions. Like that's just like a conscious effort that I constantly have to make. But if you just let me dance freely, then all of a sudden I can feel it rather than understand it. And like this whole way of going through the body to connect with something bigger than you, rather than just like the shoot out and up. Yeah. 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 I love that. That's so beautiful. Mm-hmm. Hey, so I know that you've worked with both men and women in your um in in your practice and and curious if you want to share a little bit about I think maybe what motivated you to work with men and I fully understand that you're I think you're focusing more on women now but I'm really curious I'm like I think you're one of the few women that also is a bridger of two So I've worked with couples. um, So that's Mm -hmm. usually the way that I work with men. And I also had a um an interview series that I ran a few years ago called Trusting Our Men Again. Oh, yeah. And that was really an impetus to, and so talking about being a bridge, I mean, it felt really important as someone who is a fierce stand for compassion. I was finding that we were getting a little bit confused about the way in which we could empower ourselves as women in the conversation around um, 
you know, just post, it was post Me Too. And so there was a lot going on there and there was a lot of trauma and rage coming up and it felt important to bring on a lot of men and ask them as well, like, hey, of course, in the light of your privilege and the patriarchy and all that stuff, also how, what is it that we can show up for, for you? And mm-hmm. so, so those are sort of the two ways that I have been connected to men. And I'm also foraying into actually working with men on their own. Um, it's interesting. I find it to be uh, a tricky, and I imagine, you know, you also have, have, being that you work with men, it's, it's a very interesting journey to figure out how can I best serve a man Mm. as the feminine, right? Because of course I can also show up in my masculine and I often do when I'm serving clients um, that are women or women identifying. And I don't want to show up like nothing in me personally wants to show up in the masculine for a man. I don't think it will serve him. And so I've been really navigating, okay, what is the way in which I can show up? What is the offering that will really champion his masculinity instead of, you know, emasculate him essentially. And so I finally clicked into what it is. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I've, I've, and when I was building one of my first courses, I spent quite a bit of time, like just checking in with myself, how often I was emasculating men like really all the creative ways I was and they were often not with such bad intent or something or with even a conscious intent but all the ways that I was undermining teasing taking over all of that and 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 really when I connected to my own like really masculine energy which I totally have especially when I'm like leading things like I love bringing my masculine energy it's like wow that really sucks to have that in front of you and we don't educate either side, I think, very much on the ways that we do because it's so normal. Like for me, a big one is kind of the making fun of. It's like kind of like like speaking to your friends about your partner in a teasing way. And that mm-hmm. seems so harmless. Mm-hmm. But yet as a masculine energy, that's really rough to receive. Like every guy would be like, actually, I really that I felt really small. I felt really small and just to have that check in constantly with myself like how am I kind of undermining or not taking him as serious or not acknowledging him really in the gift that he's giving by by things that look harmless but are actually super painful so mm-hmm. yeah I'm really inspired also by like the way you're speaking about it now of like yeah what can we do to bridge what how can we show up for each other so I think I'm yeah my curiosity right now is really in what have you noticed maybe in yourself or the women that you work with, what's still the main pain or the big pain or the big resentment that you still feel coming up from, from maybe women or people who are predominantly in their feminine towards the masculine, towards men? I mean, the one I hear over and over again is just like, I'm not being met. Mm-hmm. And I, I know, of course, I track that because that was my story for so long. I'm not being met. I'm not being met. And there is always, always some work to be done inside, of course, on where are you not meeting yourself? What parts of you are you still not fully accepting? What parts of you do you not even have access to? Mm-hmm. 
And in my personal journey, that was my heart. I thought, I was like, no, I'm so ready. Uh, and I was showing up, right? Like I was going through the motions. I was in a long-term partnership, living with someone. I was like, I am the best girlfriend partner ever. Like, you know, really just so committed to that identity. And there was these very, um, what in my mind were like the right things I was doing to prove that I'm a loyal, committed, like I'm in this till the end partner. And my intentions were in the right place. But the entire time, what I didn't see my blind spot and what I imagine may be a blind spot for a lot of different women is that I was going about it with the way that I wanted to be loved, right? Or the way that I mm -hmm. wanted someone to show up for me. And what I didn't understand was if I took into account, the, and this is where my, the polarity work came in so beautifully for me, is that, oh, right, like, so this man who's primarily masculine and who I would like to interact with, with it, where I am primarily in the feminine and he's primarily in the masculine, I know for other people it's different, is requiring a level of what my current partner now calls embellishment, feminine embellishment. Mm. And it's just that energy of like coming into a space and filling it with color and life and mm. song and dance and, you know, just this beautiful, like painting of life is how I see it and feel it in my body. Mm. And I wasn't doing that. So I wasn't nourishing him, right? I was showing up going like, well, I did the thing and a da, 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 right? Like I was showing up like a dude as well, going like, <laughs> well, here are the things and I did it. And so now you should reward me. And like, I'm a good girlfriend. And it's like, that's not, that's just not, unfortunately, how it goes. <laughs> it doesn't work that way. And I kept asking, I couldn't figure it out. Like, why am I not being met? And then when that relationship was over, it was the same thing just in my dating life after that. It was like, oh, what is it? I'm so available. I want to be married and have a baby and da, da, da. And like, what's the deal, yo? <laughs> and, and I really see that in, in all the clients I work with. It's the same thing where we have... Um, really powerful sort of, uh, you know, women who are often kicking ass in their business and like just really are running the ship of their life and are just going where, 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 where's the dude? Like, why am I not being met? Um, and there usually is still a piece of heart work that needs to be done and a piece of, um, you know, for some people, it may not be heart for some people. It's about, exploring a certain archetype and there's so many of the feminine archetypes right and so there is this and this is ultimately the work I do with women is really about getting access to the dial so that you can bring up the volume and bring down the volume of the different archetypes in you because I think a lot of women are just there's this assumption like okay I'm just like this this is who I am. I don't do that stuff. Right. Or I don't really like the, that type of music, or I don't wear those types of outfits or like that sort of stuff doesn't really turn me on or wake me up. And it's this part of them that they've repressed. And if I were to give like a cheat sheet to like how to have a sustainable, long-term passionate relationship, it's that you have to be, you don't have to be, 
it would be beautiful for you to connect to all these different archetypes. Cause then essentially you're so many women in the package of one. Mm. And so the desire, the masculine desire for options, <laughs> right? <laughs> like one of the things so many um, men will speak to is like the desire to always change it up, right? erotically like they want different energies they want different flavors and so if you can be all the flavors then there isn't as much of a need to look outward which i think is often a, a problem in relationships a challenge that comes up right whether people are admitting it or not yeah mm. i feel i feel so beautifully almost called out by all of this like <laughs> i really recognize that I really recognize obviously the, the feeling like I'm not being met, I'm not being met where the men that can meet me, no man can handle me and they're all intimidated, blah, blah, blah. Um, but then actually like how much of was I in my body? Mm. Right, how much was actually meeting them now that I'm hosting men's groups? The main pain actually is, hey, I'm never being met by a woman, right? They say the same thing, they say, I'm actually, I'm actually not yeah. being met by a woman. And I love what you spoke about all those different archetypes because I think that's where I'm feeling so called out. I think I've always looked outside of myself. It's like, I want my man to make me feel like the dark animal or then like the, mm -hmm. the, the, the very light, soft, dreamlike feminine state. Like I'm, I'm looking for him to activate me in those things. I want him to, 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 to literally light me up. He needs to create the turn on. He needs to create the excitement. He needs to create all the flavors in me. And so mm -hmm. something about that obviously can't be right. Because <laughs> I'm outsourcing so much of that power to, mm -hmm. to somebody that, that, yeah, I'm not, I'm not owning that I have that dial. Mm -hmm. I have that dial just as much. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it's also, it's somatic muscle memory, right? So the same way that when we learn a, a move, you know, I used to, I used to teach pole dancing and like, mm. um, when I think about acrobatics, right? So when, once you get into a move once, like getting into the moves of the first time always feels so incredibly hard, but once your body understands, it's just like an embodied experience of, oh, okay, I've gone upside down. This is where the weight is. This is where, how mm. much energy, where I, what muscles I need to hold. Et cetera, et cetera, it's much easier to go back into the move. Same goes with archetypal work, right? So if you are going on a journey on your own or with a group of women guided by a, you know, a coach or, you know, someone who does work like me, who takes you on the journey of connecting to these archetypes that you've never done before. So it's like a new move that you're trying out and you get to try it out and, you know, feel silly and, and feel awkward and do all the things on your own or in a safe space with women who, you know, are not judging you. Right. And so that's a beautiful first step. And then mm -hmm. you have access to that dial. That's what I, you know, that's how I see it. Mm -hmm. And then in the bedroom, when you're intimate, there is, there is a charge. I will say that the electricity, you know, does start with the masculine. It does start, um, there's an, and sort of an, an entering into our body and an activation that you are correct. So I don't feel like it's one or the other. I think it's a combo, mm -hmm. but I think our piece of the work as women is to 
again, learn, have that muscle memory first of the archetype, because when you've been out there for a year working on, let's say your wild woman archetype and really getting into like understanding what works in your body and how you growl and, 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 and what drops you into your power and all these different things, then she's going to come out naturally when that energy gets pulled Mm. into your body Mm. and you'll feel you'll have worked through all the blocks on your own. Like what are the judgments I have around suddenly being like, you know, like sounding like wild and feral, you know, and, 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 um, or even moaning a certain way or whatever comes up, there's often some stuff that needs to be worked through. That's our own programming, the way that we were taught, you know, sex is supposed to look like and sound, Mm -hmm. you know, I mean, (laughs) I feel like, you know, my partner and I always joke about like, if people actually understood that conscious sex doesn't look or seem pleasant at all, like it just looks so messy and so, um, it's just not polished. And, you know, we're sold this very, like everyone's in lingerie and looking pretty. And and I'm like, no, it's like snot and like tears and mascara everywhere. And like, you know, and cleansing and sounds and like, you know, all these weird things that are going on Um, because it is actually, you know, it is this activation and with activation, everything's going to come up. Yeah. The places that are clogged up, and the, the dark shit that's stuck in yourselves. And then also the like beautiful ecstasy underneath that when things open. Right. And so, so I think mm-hmm. that the important piece and what's often missed is that um, women are not wor- doing that archetypal work and practicing, so to speak on their own. And then they wonder why they come into the bedroom, into these intimate spaces and are suddenly like really unable to access um, most of themselves and then are going, but he's not meeting me. And I'm like, well, but you haven't taken the time to meet yourself and then accept yourself, right? Accept that you're going to have times where the weirdest sounds are gonna come out of your mouth and that's actually beautiful. Or the fact that you're just gonna be like, you know, I don't know why that keeps coming up today, but like, <laughs> you know, there's just like, I mean, there's things that when you're in so embodied, your animal body takes over. I mean, there's sounds that come out of me that I truly cannot actually emulate when I'm in my mind. Like right now, there's no way I could actually do it. There's like a purring that happens that I'm like, what is this even? Am I a cat now? Like, it's not like a conscious, like, oh, I'm going to be a cute little kitten. Like, no, it's like a thing that just happens to come out. And I think that everyone deeply desires that, right? But there's so much shame and programming around, like, is it okay for me to be this way? And understandably so, because the trauma in our genetics and our lineage, right? As women, it's like socially, we were told to be quiet. Our life depended on silence. So of course you're going to be like, I don't want to make sound. And yet that is the portal into like actual eros and freedom. Right. But it's, it's a slow process and you can't put that pressure on yourself to do it in the bedroom straight away. Like you have, you really have to take it baby steps on your nervous system and start on your own, start with a coach, start with a small group and then move on. Yeah. Yeah. I love seeing sex as not so much being around pleasure, but around feeling. It's not necessarily about like, like having 
orgasm after orgasm and all the buttons push, but it is about, can I feel, can I deeply feel it? Maybe that's sadness. Maybe that's anger today. Like I have the same mm-hmm. as you. Like I, there's so often that I, the first thing that comes out of me is just growling. It's like an angry animal and to actually be held in that. And for that to, to, to have an orgasmic flow, that's ecstatic to me. It's not necessarily the pleasure that's ecstatic. And yeah, I, when the, when the men in my men's group spoke about like, I don't feel met by women, by my female partners, it's exactly this. It's that they, the full, it, it wasn't that they were getting something from her. They wanting to get something from her. They weren't, it was the, her full expression. That's what nourishes them. It's like her fullness, her, her, her ability to, 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 to almost be in the, in the, in, I don't want to call it ugly, but in the wild and in the not so polished and in the, in the bigness of her mature woman expression. And like that, that's something they've often been missing. It's like, wow, she, she gets so in her head because she wants to look pretty or because she's mm. insecure. And I get it, right? I get it. I still get it. But like wanting the fullness of her and not being nourished by that. And this word of embellishment that you spoke about earlier is so beautiful in that. It's like, wow, we don't meet, we, I don't think we realize how much men are longing for this just as much as we are from ourselves, right? That's the thing. Oh, it's it's this trap. It's, yeah. a trap. <laughs> it's a trap because we're socialized to get prim and proper and polite and smaller and yeah. right, like all the things that we were taught by the patriarchy, Yeah, like just button it up pull it together. Like there's just this, like on an energetic level, it's just like a mm-hmm. sucking in. Right. Yeah. And, and it's so confusing. Like I have so much yeah. compassion for everyone who has to go on that journey of first being programmed, like be small, don't take up too much space. And then at some point it's like, Oh, wait a second, hold on. We're supposed to take up space because that's actually nourishing to the masculine. Yeah. And like, what? I don't understand. And then there's still places where let's get real. I, I love, I love men so much. And there is a lot of work that currently needs to be done also in men's nervous systems to hold that fullness because they will say they want it. And there's a, there's a parallel in the women. So I'm not going to, I'm not just like dissing on the men here, right? they say they want that full feral woman, but guess what? She starts growling and they're like, Oh my God, what do I do? <laughs> right. She starts so crying like, during sex and they're like, Oh my God, I did something wrong. <laughs> I mean, yeah. I honest to God was like, wait, people don't cry during sex. Like I don't understand. I, I, you know, it's just, it was a naive thing because I just always cried during sex and I just assumed everyone does, <laughs> yeah. but you know, there's, And I've been really lucky to not have that many experiences where a man couldn't hold that, you know? So again, that perhaps is a reflection of me being able to hold that in myself and other people. And therefore the men were able to, right. But I do think there's quite a few men who are asking for something and actually haven't done their work the same way the women have to go and do their work to dial up the archetypes, the men have to go and do their work to hold. And it is hard. I tried to be, I did pr- some practices in the masculine. And I'm like, I'd rather be, I'd rather be in the feminine. It's much easier. Right. I mean, both of us, you know, are, have worked or are working with, with John Wineland. Right. And so in that 
in 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 those um, spaces where we have to experience, you know, and embody both energies. I mean, whenever I had to do masculine practices, I would just be so mad and I'd be like, oh my God, I have so much more empathy for the guys now because holding that when there's just shit coming at you, you're like, I can do it. I can do it. I can do it, you know, but it is hard and it's, um, it's a mastery. It's a, an embodied mastery. And so I think that ultimately what we're coming to in this conversation is embodiment for everyone is going to be the way that we actually drop into our desire and our longing in partnership a lot more and in polarity a lot more. Um, but we ask for these things that we're not, you know, we think in our head we want, but then our bodies aren't actually ready to receive it. I mean, there's a parallel in money, right? Mm -hmm. Money. Everyone's like, well, of course I want to be a millionaire. Your head thinks that, right? Your ego thinks that, but are you energetically actually ready to hold a million dollars? Yeah. Yeah. Right. Same thing. I had I had this when I met my current partner. I was saying, I'm ready for a conscious man. I want this conscious man. Where are they? I'm ready for my king. And there he was. And I froze for about nine months. I froze. I couldn't handle it because I was so used to the drama and to the pain and to the insecurity and, and like to men not communicating what they were feeling. But now I had a man that was communicating everything very clearly and it meant that I couldn't distract. And it meant that the focus wasn't on just him being being shitty. The focus was now on both of us. And I had I was all of a sudden part of a conversation that I'd never been part of. I froze for nine months. It took a very long time for me to, to actually allow it to happen. And, and I, I love this, this perspective that you're bringing in of like, we can shock our systems with too much goodness. Mm-hmm. And so it's not that simple. It's just like, let's make a vision board about you being a millionaire and having this and this and this, because you're not like, we get to find the edge. You get to find the edge, right? Of like, okay, maybe a thousand would be amazing. An extra thousand this month would be amazing. Let's just feel what the edge feels like. Okay, I'm still here. But all of a sudden, exactly what you're talking about, a million dollars on your account is scary because you don't know it. It's actually yeah. give your system the, the, the moment or the, yeah, the, the time to slowly expand. Yeah. Expand into more and more and more goodness. Yeah. And, I, and I think that also is a lovely connection to what you said earlier. Like, I'm not being met. I'm not being met. I'm not being met. If you've never been met, all of a sudden you have a man meet you fully. That's also too much goodness. <laughs> I, I was yeah. in one of like John Wyland and David Davis retreat and, and all, all the women there were speaking about, I want a man to meet me. I want a man to meet me. I want, I want like this David data-esque man who's read all the books and knows all of it. And he's like, yeah, but that that's actually another like savior story. You want the 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 prince on the white horse to come save you to show up and be like I know all the things and how you can <laughs> you can just be who you need to be it's like isn't it way nicer to come together with somebody who's at your level and grow together rather than have somebody who's already done everything and you get to come to theirs <laughs> and it's such yeah. a different interaction I wanted to ask you a question about I I, I remember this post of so well from you about like having a checklist 
Oh yes. Mm-hmm. The checklist. Can the you speak checklist. about the checklist? Cause we all have the checklist. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So, uh, l- I'm just going to say that my man checklist, um, when I did do one years ago, I found it recently and it, 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 it started with like, he is going to have dark hair and brown eyes and like a middle Eastern look. Cause I just assumed I'd be with an Arab man as an Arab woman. <laughs> I'm with like an Irish, <laughs> a light-skinned Irish, uh, blue-eyed, uh, you know, relatively bald man. <laughs> so, and who's the love of my life? And so, you know, the checklist is um, is your mind. The checklist is the what your mind thinks is going to happen. The same way, it's like, oh yeah, by this year I'm going to be a millionaire. It's like okay, that's cute. And that's a sweet little intention. And perhaps you get there and your energetic capacity, your nervous system is actually in your body is actually going to lead the way on this. Um, and of course, setting the intention can then help the body move in that direction if it's in alignment, but you can't, the checklist is just mind-based and it's this idea of, you know, often there's pieces in there that will be your authentic longing. And then there's pieces in there that are programming and the shoulds and like the, oh, here's what society tells me very, very, very sneakily that I should want to have. And your body might need a completely different set of things that you're just not aware of. And so it's really important, mm-hmm. again, with the embodiment work and why that's the portal in for all the work that I do. I mean, I work with, you know, love and leadership through embodiment. That's ultimately it, right? So whether your goals are around love and intimacy or your goals are around um, growing as a leader in the world, it is the body that's going to get you there in the most sustainable way, you know, in a way that is where you stay alive or your relationships grow and where you're not messing, you're not extracting from the earth, right? These are the things that matter. And so going back to the checklist, it's through embodiment that you get to, it's not that there's anything wrong with actually writing a bunch of things down. It's where are they coming from? And so often those like workshops or journaling exercises, it's like we stay in our head and you'd go, well, I think I want this. And I think I want that, you know, my guy's going to have dark brown hair. (laughs) It's going to be wavy. It's like, what? (laughs) Like who decided that? Right. And it's like, actually all that matters is how my body feels in his presence. Yes. Yeah. That's a big one. Does his energy open me? Does his energy have me feel safe? Mm -hmm. Does his, you know, for me, it was really clarity. I don't know that it'll be the same for everyone. Right. That's my what I had no idea, like clarity, whoever puts clarity on a work, on a worksheet, you know, <laughs> like, but it was just, oh, oh, I actually just need for the space to be empty yeah, so I can fill it. Yeah. Yeah. I once did a like just before meeting Demer and I came out of an abusive relationship, I did an exercise where you pretty much just stand on a ladder, right? And you say like, what's the current level in my case of being met by the masculine and being met by men. And that felt like a four and I wanted to be at a nine. And so I took in a session time to walk from the four to the nine. And when I got to the nine, my embodied experience, my physical experience, but that was that there was spaciousness for me to be everything. 
but it literally felt like the room got bigger and I wasn't so focused on everybody. I was just having a good time with myself. And I was like, oh, that's interesting. I thought, I thought that at the highest level, I would be in such like a deep union and it would be extremely romantic and Disney movie style. But I had an embodied feeling of exactly what you're describing now, this spaciousness. Mm. Then when I met Tamara and Tamara stood in front of me, that's exactly what I felt. I didn't feel like the, the Disney sense. I felt spaciousness. Yeah. Just like the room got bigger. I was like, oh, I get to be all that- I need to be. <laughs> hundred percent. I mean, the thing that really struck me when I started to really sink my teeth into like, oh, this is a thing with me and my current partner is that I was like in the body of my like little girl, but not the wounded little girl to be clear, right. The healthy little girl. So there was, there was the play, the authenticity, Mm -hmm. right. I think so much, um, so much of the way that I, I see there's this framework that has been, um, offered by Dr. Gabor Mate who works in Mm -hmm. in trauma. And it's, it's ever since I heard this framework years ago, I see everything through the lens of this, which is there are two basic needs that we have as humans. There's our attachment need, right. When we're babies, um, and, and for those, I mean, I feel like every, anyone who listens to your podcast is going to know what that means, but just in case someone's tuning in and has no idea, um, the idea of, you know, we need to have love in order to survive as babies, right? Because you need a parent or a caregiver to be able to feed you, clothe you, baby, you, et cetera. Mm-hmm. And then there's the need for authenticity yes. to be yourself. And most of the time, every single thing that we then work out as adults is because somewhere along the way, we chose attachment over authenticity. And so there was this moment where I returned to my authenticity in in the space that he created for me, where I was like, there's not a single part of me that needs to pretzel myself into a different position or be any even an ounce different than I actually am. I get to be silly and ridiculous and, you know, walk around naked in weird shapes and like, okay, so I don't look perfect and in the right angle and like all the things that I just got to be me. And the freedom that came with that allowed for so much of my feminine spirit to come out. And so I got to embellish the space. I got to be colorful. I got to have my full range. And then see him met in experiencing my full range. And so it's like, there's the dynamic, there's what did he bring the clarity that he brought the way in which he expanded the room, but then there's no way I could have been okay with any of that and wouldn't have run the other way. If I hadn't Mm -hmm. done 10, 15 years of archetypal work, of understanding and embodying all these different energies, my sensuality, my wild woman, right? My maiden, my little girl, so on and so forth. There's a million, so we keep going forever. And it was in me having a true love for these different parts of me that allowed me to then show up in a clear space in a big room and go, cool, I'm gonna be this way. And his energy helped, helped evoke that out even more. So I think, you know, often we're either too extreme 
where we wait for the other person to come in. And like you said, have that, that savior experience where it's like, well, it's your, it's all up to you. Like you need to show, you're not, the other person's not showing up. I'm doing all the work or, you know, I just have to do it all right. The I'm going to regulate myself. I'm going to make sure I know I see this so much in my clients. They talk to me all the time about like, well, no one else is handling it. So, so I need to handle it. And it doesn't, it's not actually all on you. There is a piece of work you get to do. And there's a piece of work that the other person gets to do. And then you guys get to come together. And then there's another piece of work that you have to do <laughs> because it just keeps going because that's life. <laughs> mm. yeah. Nadia, I noticed I'm just so moved by what you just spoke into, how it physically feels, viscerally feels to be met and to, I really felt the words of like not having to pretzel myself, <laughs> like the, the authenticity. And that's such a big one. So I just want to take a little moment of just thanking you because I can imagine anybody listening to this, like, just sort of posting, like, if you've never tasted a strawberry, how would you even know how to look for it? Like, if we don't hear these kind of stories and not mind stories, but you as an embodied woman ex- sharing with us what that feels like, we also don't know what to look for. We can just say like, oh, I want a conscious man, but like you wouldn't recognize him if he stood in front of you, probably. Yes, because he's not gonna look the way that your <laughs> mind thinks a conscious man looks, which apparently for me is like a Middle Eastern dude. <laughs> yeah. Right? Like your mind will play all sorts of funny tricks. It's so he's so sweet, you know? It's just like, oh, that's cute, honey. <laughs> you know, like we're so funny the way that we like trick ourselves. And speaking to the strawberry analogy, which I love, um, I, there's always this question that I have in my mind. And I'm curious what your thoughts are on this as well Is like, people go, I'm having really good sex, right? When someone just says the phrase, I'm having really good sex, there's no way to know, right? Because we can't be in there with them. But I often wonder what is the bar each person is setting for themselves Mm. as good sex be and this is a place where I don't know I don't have the answer it's totally an inquiry I'm in but like I'll get people I'll ask you know hey how's it going in you know the bedroom it's like yeah yeah we have really good sex and I'm like don't know how to go further into that like and of course my preference and your preference of what good sex is quote unquote um versus someone else might be very different but the reason I bring this up is because I think that there is um, through, you know, sex is such a beautiful access, like a doorway into feeling yourself deeply and therefore feeling the cosmos deeply, feeling the world deeply. And it's in those moments where we feel ourselves so deeply and where we practically dissolve into nothingness and into everythingness at the same time that we really taste unity, God, divinity, whatever you want to call it, spirit. And it's through those moments, like to me, those are the moments in my personal life that fuel me to do everything that I do. Mm. And so it's like, those are, that's the like nectar that really keeps us going. That's the fire that fuels us. And so I'm wondering if so much of the world is feeling disconnected and is, 
you know, saying they think they're having good sex, right? But I'm going, if everyone's actually having deeply sacred sex where they're feeling themselves and they're feeling their partner fully, I don't know that the world would look the way that it currently does. It's a hypothesis. I cannot prove it, (laughs) but I'm curious what your thoughts are on that. Like, how do we figure out if people are having good sex and what do we do? I mean, I guess we're doing the work by teaching some stuff, but (laughs) yeah, I don't know. Yeah. I think there's such a gap in education on what good sex actually looks like. Right. Because I think for a lot of people, they think that's hot sex with lots of lots of orgasms and throwing somebody across the room and and lots of like very like maybe animal attraction my my concept now of good sex is something very different that's something much more like what we were talking about in the beginning of maybe the authenticity maybe this like at the full circle already but like the the authenticity of actually allowing all of my expression gets to be there and I just become an open channel of what is happening inside of me and I, I wrote down this, like, I was wanting to write a post about it, like, but I didn't really know where I wanted to take it, but I could feel it becoming more clear now, but like a well-fucked woman could show up for a purpose because there's something that I noticed that when that I'm really met in that regard, or I'm really having the depth of the experience in sexuality. And that doesn't necessarily mean like the, the movie scene sex, but the really the, the deeply sacred, almost like a prayer almost like an emotional release, like all of that. When, when, when that's really part of my daily life, I notice I can show up for my purpose way more. I feel like when I pen, when I am penetrated, I can penetrate more. Mm-hmm. There's, there's something that seems to happen there. Like I, I just seem to show up more to life and I'm sure that it works the same for, for somebody who's more in a penetrating energy. There seems to be a, um, an energetic system that is mm-hmm. activated because of my sex life yeah and that to me is very fascinating I could feel almost yeah almost my penetrator wakes up because I am physically deeply penetrated mm. yeah. that's beautiful I need a recovery <laughs> I have a recovery period where I'm too in my feminine that I'm like I can't do anything right now yeah um, yeah, of but, course. <laughs> yeah 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 but I I think that what you're speaking to could like if we're looking again through the frame of authenticity and attachment it could just be that sex is this beautiful space as adults where we get to heal the wounding that we had as children around authenticity where now we get to be seen if if you allow yourself to be seen then you get to be seen and if the other person's able to hold you in that you get to be seen and witnessed in your full range as your authentic self that's healing that's going to heal the childhood attachment stuff. And so when we are healing, we have more energy that no longer is being dissipated to all the like noise and static that comes from attachment wounds. It, that all your life force can actually go into purpose and can go into serving. And, and, you know, if, um, it purpose, I think also, which often is just associated with like business and like the men and da, da, da. I think purpose can also be motherhood oh yeah managing a household right like there's so many but it's like your it will just increase the life force for you to show up for what it is that gives you the most joy on this earth in this lifetime yeah yeah so I know I want to be mindful of time there's one part I would still really love to hear I know that you have a slightly different perspective on polarity and I know you've been really deeply inquiring your own framework in this and I'm just super curious and I already saw 
alpha and omega and things like pop mm-hmm. on over on your Instagram, but could you share a little bit about what it is, where, where your uh, journey in this is going towards? I'm so, yeah, I'm just yeah. super curious. Yeah. So it's interesting because it's this intersection at some point in my body, the intersection of different work that I had done um, started to come together and sort of bloom into something else. And um, I call this, you know, it's the, it's the embodied power method. And essentially it's accessing your integrated power through, um, you know, through embodied wholeness, through um, bringing together um, what I refer to as four different energies, two of which are masculine, two of which are feminine or alpha, mega, however you prefer to um, use these uh, labels. And um, the idea was that, you know, I had done all this polarity work, which I thought was awesome and truly allowed me to meet the most amazing man of my dreams. I mean, box my world every single day. It's ridiculous. <laughs> I love him so much. And, um, And at the same time, there was a lot of work I did, the somatic experience thing. And um, um, I had to do a lot of work personally. And then in creating my curriculum for Embody, which is the moving meditation class that I teach um, and train people on it, I had to bring in a lot of the trauma uh, work into it as well. And so these two started to marry inside my my body. And um, I came up with this basic framework where it's, it's this process we get to go through and you literally can apply it to anything in the world, like your love life of creating a, your day, you literally can wake up and just do it for the day. You can do it for a new business that you're creating, but essentially it's a way to honor your full spectrum of self, which is both a static and dynamic expression of your masculine and feminine. Mm. Um, so I'll give like a cliff notes because this is like a whole thing, but I'll give a cliff notes of what those are, because I know we often talk about masculine and feminine, but there isn't, I don't see many people going into the distinction of the static versus the dynamic expression of each. And so the way that I, um, I learned this and, and I've been also processing it through my body to really get a felt sense experience of each energy is that the static feminine is essentially the container. It is the holding energy, right? It is, I connected to the element of earth. So it's very grounding and it's step one in anything we do. We always have to ground and create safety in our system. So if you close your eyes and feel into what is it like to even just like hold yourself, right? Like when you put your hand on your heart and you give yourself a hug, when you just even just hold on to your, I'd love to sometimes squeeze my muscles a little hard. Like I like it a little harder. So (laughs) I'm just like, oh yeah, I'm here. Okay, good. Cool. Right. So that's an experience of, of support and holding. It's also feeling the earth under you, feeling the seat under you, but it's a way in which an somatic experiencing, it's always that first step, it's resourcing, right? You resource yourself. So before you do anything in the world, you should be resourced and grounded, right? I mean, it's just like a logical step. So there, that's where we get to evoke our static masculine and all of us. Then we move into our dynamic feminine and that's in the heart. That is the expression of our longing, right? That is um, essentially, yeah, it's, it's very much a shining energy. It's very much 
an outward dynamic expression of the heart. And then there's a piece where we get to roll up our sleeves and do the work where we show up. Okay. So when I, the part I skipped with the, the desire and the heart is that that's like a watery element, right? When we think about longing and the dynamic feminine, and she's just like, she's very watery. Then you get to bring the fire that boils the, the pot of water, you know, underneath. And that's like the dynamic masculine that's rolling up the sleeves and going, what am I showing up for? Yeah. What am I showing up for? So it starts with what do I trust? What do I desire? What mm -hmm. am I showing up for? And then eventually we move into static feminine, the final energy, which is release, surrender, letting go after you've done 50% of the work, right? Cause we have to show up and do work. I think, you know, there's this, there's this assumption that it's like, yeah, that we either just lean back and hope to manifest shit or there's the hustle, hustle, hustle programming. And, and the idea of embodied wholeness is like this, it's not just this or that. It's all these pieces that will actually allow you to feel fully integrated and whole. And so that final piece is allowing life to come meet you in that 50% of surrender. What are you letting go of uh, in terms of outcomes? What are you willing to surrender to? And so if you can start to, as a, a woman, a man, non-binary, it doesn't matter, right? We all have these four. And depending on the scenario and depending on your personality and your makeup, there may be different ratios. Like you may play in a you know, good percentage of one versus the other, or there may be a particular project that requires more of this or that. But the whole idea is just that, like, why are we What I nearly feel like we're complicating our lives by oversimplifying, <laughs> you know? <laughs> and it's like, we, we all know that for thousands of years, the idea of yin, yang, alpha, omega, masculine, feminine have existed, light, shadow, whatever you want to call it, right? Yeah. Polarity. And all these debates about, I don't know, polarity sucks or polarity is great or what it's like, it is a distraction from feeling yourself. I think there's a lot of like, let's get heady about it. Oh, well, guess what? Like, this is literally a way that you are sabotaging your own ability to drop into your body. Yeah. Who cares about the labels? Who cares about the percentages? Who cares about like, you know, it's, it's a tool. Same way you can take a pair of scissors and you can cut something, which is helpful. You know, you can also stab someone in the eye. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's like, what are you going to do with it? Yeah. So it's like, it's a tool that you get to use in a responsible way or an irresponsible way. Yeah. But this framework to me has been very liberating because it brings together the concepts of, you know, your nervous system, which I work with so much in my, what I love, you know, you went back to like the bridging uh, mm -hmm. earlier. I am such a, like, I need, my mind needs the science of things. Yeah. So I love, like, that's why I got into understanding my nervous system and trauma. It was empowering to me. And then I went, oh, I got to teach this to my clients because it changed my life to just learn that, oh, look, I've got these different parts of my brain and they do different things. So I think it's really important for us to be able to bridge. And I love doing that, like the science of trauma, yeah. you know, with the spirituality of polarity and Tantra and like, you know, how to access God inside of ourselves. And so guess what? You're not going to access God if you're dysregulated. <laughs> so the first thing you have to do is resource and ground. 
but then your longing is also valid and your longing is what fuels things. And then also, yeah, you do have to show up with a game plan and do some shit. Sorry guys, for everyone who's like, I'm just going to sit back and I don't know, meditate, (laughs) vision board and stuff. Cool. Maybe for some people that's mainly where they play, but I have found that when you go through an embodied experience of all of these different energies, you feel met. And then your project feels met and then your relationship can, you know, like, it's just, it's a way that you don't need to go put again, pretzel yourself into, oh, I just, I'm a woman. And so therefore I have to be this way. No, but it's about getting to know yourself. Do you really know yourself? And using these fra- this framework allows you to get to know yourself and know, you know, I love to, this season of my life. I play so much in my longing. It's so fun for me because they, for years ignored it. But in a few years, I might be like, fire, baby, let's do it. You know, hustle, hustle. I'm not feeling it right now. And that's cool. It doesn't mean it doesn't exist inside my system. So I think it's just a beautiful way for us to empower ourselves and still use the basic idea of polarity, but not let it trap us into any dogma. Yeah. 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 Beautifully said. Beautifully said. What I try to teach in my workshops is that instead of listening to my way of transmitting this, your way of transmitting this, anybody else's way of transmitting this, instead of taking that as truth, feel it in your own body. If your embodied expression of masculinity or penetration or consciousness or container or whatever you want to call it, feels good and expansive that's your version that's your truth that's all that matters that's all that matters and i could be teaching that this is what i think masculinity is as an energetic but if that's not what your body shows you what your body shows you let it go because it's not like i think with with all of this work we like you and i are teaching from our own embodied experience right? I can feel masculine to penetration because when I'm in my masculine, I feel like I'm penetrating, right? <laughs> it's literally what I feel like I'm doing. Yeah. In the most beautiful way, I am penetrating something. And so that's my embodied experience. And that's, I think, honestly, like, and this might be very, very meta, but that's how I feel like the universe works. It's landing things through all our bodies and we're all translating that to each other. And so to find your own translation in all of this and, 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 and I loved also what you said about how a scissor can be a beautiful thing and it can also be a very dangerous thing. Absolutely. I can see that in polarity. I can see that in polarity, but I don't know. I, I love it. I think it's beautiful. I think it's so beautifully, wonderfully simple and everybody can feel it. Everybody can connect to it. And I, yeah, I'm sometimes almost like it makes me sad. I think almost the 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 the, mm. the maybe yeah the the I think the nature of the conversations that are being held right now in, in our field and part of me is just like guys, it's a distraction. Honestly, yeah, I, I just think that ultimately what I'm it's cool that we're having this conversation because I feel like I landed on a clarity around it too. Is that it's not an embodied conversation. Yeah, it's a mind. 
it's a mind, it's a philosophy, you know, and with any like trendy thing, there's a counterculture not, you know, like this is not cool. And it's like, okay, cool. But again, this is so heady. But if you have an embodied experience of polarity, then it's the same thing, like an inhale and an exhale. It's the same thing, like contracting or letting go. Like there is just a way in which it clicks in your cells and in your consciousness when you're actually feeling it. But if we're going to sit here and argue and pontificate about this, that, okay, cool. Like there's, I like an intellectual debate. Actually, I love an intellectual debate and you can do that for hours, but it's intellectual masturbation and it doesn't get you anywhere. What actually matters and what's going to be helpful is to feel it in our bodies because you know what guys, like we have some, we got to clean up some things that we did in this lifetime. Like it's got to happen. So having an intellectual debate is cute as like a little hobby on the side, but are you here to fix things? Yeah. And fix our relationship to God, which is the planet. Like that's what we ultimately got to do. And so anything that's not doing that or not in service to that, to me is a distraction. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. Yeah. To the way I translate this, that we, we actually have to acknowledge our shadows. We could say that it's all like unfair and binary, whatever you want to call it. And I, agree that we need to have those conversations, have that awareness, but we also just need to acknowledge the shadows that are there in all of us. The shadows that are there in all of us. And, and, and that's, that's the beauty, I think, of the time that we live in. We are such a beautiful generation that has the luxury and the power and the resources to deal with generations and generations of just conditioning we are in a generation where we get to, we get to overhaul all of it mm-hmm. for that. We actually have to sit with the not so pretty. Yeah. 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 It's time. It's time. My dear, time. I want to thank you so much for today. <laughs> this is such a beautiful conversation. I feel like we only just got started. <laughs> I know. It's just like, Oh, it's just, you know, well, that's the feminine, right? Like we're like going deeper and deeper and deeper. And then we're like, Ooh, we're in like a whole new like level of, the aquifers or wherever we are down there so <laughs> yeah yeah if people want to learn more about you or want to find out more about you i would first of all very much recommend people go to your instagram because your writing is gorgeous yeah. and powerful and raw and all the things i love but yeah how can people uh, learn more about you yeah instagram is a great place nadia munla just my full name and um, my website is the same nadia munla.com so Come and say hello. Yeah. And then there's this beautiful program called Embody, right? Uh, yes, I teach um, and I have a movement modality that I created called Embody by Nadia. And we get to move through some of the archetypes that we talked about, the feminine archetypes. And yeah, it's a way to start to wake up your body to that sensory experience that we talked about, really feeling these different parts of yourself on your own, because you could do that class at home. So with no one watching <laughs> and um and you get to do that and then move that out into the world and into your partnership wherever it feels you know safe to do so yeah thank you so much thank you
Thank you so much, my loves, for listening to another episode of The Deeper Podcast. If you enjoyed this, please pass along to even just one person who needs to hear this. And my love language is very much words of affirmation, so I love, love, love it when you share my work. If there was one sentence that popped out to you from today's episode, please do share it on your social media, tag me in it, and I will shower you with my gratitude. And always, if you want to stay connected, Instagram is the best place. That's where I'm the most active, sophie.josephina, or hop on on my mailing list, sophiejosephina.com. And before I forget, all of these conversations, so every podcast episode is now also available on my YouTube channel, so you can always check it out there.